Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline Melanick. Welcome to Chain Reaction, a show that unpacks and dives deep into the latest trends, drama, and news with some of the biggest names in crypto, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Today's guest is Johan Kerbrot, the general manager of crypto at Robinhood. As the title suggests, he's leading the company's effort to expand its crypto business and make digital assets more accessible to retail investors. Before joining Robinhood, Johan was the engineer at Airbnb, was the head of engineering at Uber, and VP of engineering at Ironfish, a privacy-focused cryptocurrency startup. So it's safe to say that fintech and digital payments have been on his mind for a while. We're excited to have him here today to talk about crypto-related developments at Robinhood, including the recent news that the platform is launching its crypto trading in the EU, and looking forward to what we can expect in 2024. Johan, welcome to the show. Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. To start, can you tell me about someone you've met in the past 12 months in crypto that has inspired you and what did you learn from them? Uh, That's a good question. It's hard for me to pinpoint to one specific person and I don't want to endorse any technology, but I think just seeing that during the kind of the crypto winter that we were in the past 12 months and seeing like so many founders still really believing in the technology and still trying to build new things and push the adoption of crypto worldwide has been really something that, you know, was really exciting. And I think we've started to see that more and more where people care less about the price and the kind of like activity on the exchanges and more focusing on building for the long term. Right. And you've worked in crypto for a number of years now, as we mentioned in the intro. Can you kind of explain what drew you to Robinhood? Yeah, so I started in crypto more than a decade ago. I used to have a small startup back in Europe, in France, which is my country. At the time, I was building kind of payments rails and and e-commerce rails for small and medium companies. And, you know, at the time... Crypto was really new. The Bitcoin white paper was published maybe a couple of years before I I really started to offer this kind of product. But what I was really fascinated by was the idea that when you receive payments, you can trust it and you don't have to worry about fraud, credit card reversal and and things like that. And then, you know, this idea came always back to my head. And I was always thinking, like, how can we make payments more efficient and more worldwide and when i joined airbnb it was kind of the same question is how do you accept payments from hundreds of companies that don't necessarily have the same payments rails don't necessarily have the same banks and crypto is always kind of in my mind at that time and i'm like maybe that's something that we could use and really what drove me to robin was this idea of making more people able to onboard into crypto i'm someone who I have a fairly good education, I guess. I went to college, but I've never really learned about finance, about how to kind of invest in the market. That's something that, you know, wasn't really taught at school for me. And Robinhood was kind of the first platform that I used to actually invest in stock. And I thought that Robinhood was very good to make complicated information very simple to understand and very simple to use. And that's what drove me to say, okay, how can we do that for crypto? And I thought that, you know, Robin would be the best place to, to do that. And I think, you know, now we have 23 plus million customers and, you know, we probably brought a lot more people to crypto than if I had stayed at a different company, a, a lot smaller. And of those 23 million, that's not crypto users solely. That's all of Robinhood, right? That's all of Robinhood, yeah. How much do you think makes up the crypto users or people who are trading crypto on the platform? 
It kind of depends of you know the month of the year and the year of the decade. Uh, <laughs> but you, you know you can see on our publicly disclosed finance that we handle a lot of cryptocurrency on our platform and our custody. And that's for me the most exciting part is to see all these people that are for the first time investor on on the platform. We actually have fifty percent plus of our investor that are first time investor, you know, in their life going into Robinhood and being able to be exposed to crypto and understand what is crypto for me is really like something that I'm proud of. And we've been engaging a lot into education. We wanted to make sure that people had the resources necessary to understand like what is Bitcoin, what is the difference between proof of work and proof of stake. Mm -hmm. And Friday, we actually launched a new learn and earn Bitcoin campaign where people can complete a small education module and get a dollar back in Bitcoin. So that's something that, you know, we we are really investing in to make sure that people understand that this is a volatile set and that it's something that has a lot of values and you know, it's more complicated than just buying or selling. Mm -hmm. Maybe education is the key point here for Robinhood in getting in users interested in this and feeling comfortable. But what other aspects do you think make first time crypto traders or even people who just want to learn about crypto more comfortable with it on Robinhood? Well, so education is definitely a, a big part. Like you mentioned at the beginning, I'm an engineer by training and I've been an engineer for a long time. I think crypto has always been made by very technical people and for technical people. At the end of the day, I think customers, when they use crypto, they don't really care what is the protocol under it, what is the network that you're using. They just want the thing to work. You know, it's, it's like when you're sending a, a message on iMessage to your friend, you don't really care what is the iPhone using as a protocol. And so I think sometimes as engineer, we focus a bit too much on the technicals. And that's something that we've been pushing on our self-custody wallet, for example, where we remove the need to own the transaction assets to send a transaction and you can just do it whenever you, you're ready to do it. I think the second point where we've been really pushing and that's something where we think we onboarded a lot of people into crypto is by trying to be as low fee as possible. So in average, Robinhood customers are getting more crypto for their dollar than on other platform. And that's something that we are really proud of. When you look at the past six months, some of our competitors have increased their price or they have hidden more fees into the spread markup. We've taken a very different approach where we displayed completely the entire spread and how much money Robinhood is making. And in average, people are going to get more crypto on, on Robinhood. And I think if we want people to adopt crypto more, we need to reduce as much as possible the fee along the way to make the experience as magical as possible. You know, if you're trying to, I don't know, buy an NFT, for example, for the first time, but when you onboard from fiat to crypto, you have to pay a fee. And when you send to your wallet, you have to pay a fee. And when you transact to get your NFT, you have to pay a fee. You know, the experience is not as magical anymore. And then how does it kind of work for Robinhood then if you don't have the same fee structure as other exchanges? Where are you kind of getting that revenue from then? So we do get revenue from transaction. You know, we get a rebate from our market maker. Mm -hmm. We just decided, frankly, to charge less than a, than a lot of our competitors. And I think that's the big difference from Robinhood versus other companies that we have a very diversified business, you know, between equities, retirement, interest, and crypto. And we can afford to weather these cycles when, you know, there's a bit more traction on other products than crypto and keep our pricing as low as possible. I think other companies don't have this luxury. And so therefore, you know, the customer kind of pays a bill for them. 
For me personally, I view Robinhood as like an app for, you know, the average person who wants to get into trading, maybe is interested. It's not really for the crypto native people. It's more for people who might be interested in crypto. So I guess on that front, how do you think Robinhood could appeal to people who rather maybe use crypto native applications like Coinbase or Binance or Kraken, et cetera, like these ones that are solely dedicated to crypto? Do you want to appeal to the crypto audience or are you more for the mainstream person who might be interested in crypto? Yeah, I think we try actually to attract the entire spectrum of crypto customers. So I will absolutely agree that for novice customers that are doing their first step into crypto, Robinhood is extremely easy to onboard and extremely easy to get started. And that was probably our, the way the product was a couple of years ago. But since then, we've done a lot of work. So you can now deposit and withdraw crypto if you're in an eligible state. You can trust us for custodying your, your assets, or you can decide to transfer into your Robinhood wallet or any wallet really to self-custody your assets. We added a lot of advanced features like advanced charts on the platform. We have advanced order type as well, where you can put, for example, a stop loss. And at the end of the day, also the pricing is something that you know I, I keep getting back at. But as someone who trades crypto a lot, every time you pay a little more at the end of the day, you know, you're going to have a lot less crypto in your wallet. And so we think we have actually a lot of the features that people are now looking for. And it's something that we engage with our customer a lot. We try to do a lot of user research to understand what our customer are missing. And we try to add them in the platform as soon as possible when we think it makes sense. On that note, how do you think your past engineering career and founder background play a role in your decision making at Robinhood today and what you're rolling out? I think that's been kind of an asset for me to be able to understand the technical things in the products that we are building. But, you know, I also think that everyone at Robinhood is extremely talented. And so we are able to rely a lot on our technical teams for anything related to custody of assets or movement of assets. But for me, you know, being able to understand how do we build a product from zero to one, because I've done it multiple times in my career and how to build it at a technical level, it's definitely something that is a plus, I will say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> And also back in June, I remember Robinhood decided to end support for tokens from Polygon, Solana, Cardano, and obviously you still have Bitcoin and Ethereum. What kind of drove the decision then and how have things changed, if at all? Yeah, so every asset on the platform for listing them or delisting them go through what we call listing committees that look at a lot of factors. And the factors go from technical, security, legal, compliance, and a bunch more like on, on operation. Back in June, when there was these two lawsuits that came out to Binance and Coinbase, that kind of created a, a big cloud of uncertainty on these assets. Robinhood depends on a lot of third parties to fully operate. And so at the time, we, we took that decision to deal with these assets. But at this point, we still have 15 assets on the platform, including one stable coin. So... We still think that we offer a very good offering to all customers. I guess on that note, how do you kind of like pick and choose which assets are being offered on Robinhood? And then going forward, do you see a future where you'll be adding more or maybe even the ones that were restricted in the past? Do you think there's a chance that they could come back? Yeah, so same thing. We go through this listing committee to approve any asset that we list on the platform. How we decide to choose them is usually a combination of mm -hmm. a factor. One is user demand, obviously. Two is like, what is the asset bringing that, you know, the other assets are not bringing? And, you know, we want to make sure also that anything that we have on the platform is, is something that our customer can use and embrace. 
And I think for us, the main interest that we have is making sure that our customers have what they're asking for. So that's probably the main driver at this point. Okay. And then more recently, last week, Robinhood announced that it's also expanding beyond the UK and bringing crypto trading to the EU. What do you think is kind of driving the growth there from the company? Yeah, so for us, expanding has always been something that we've been looking at. We launched the Robin Wallet, which is a self-custody wallet, earlier this year. And it's been downloaded in, I think, about 140 plus countries and 100,000 of times. So it's not our first attempt to expand. The EU created a new framework called Mika that is going to be in place next year. And this framework is very clear on what uh, marketplace and exchanges like us can do or not do. This is something that for us is a really good news and it offers to Robinhood like a very large new market with a very large population. And we know that we will be able to really offer like the right product under their regulation. It's going to be the only platform in the EU where customers get Bitcoin back on every trade. And, you know, we started the offering with uh, customer can earn up to one Bitcoin when they first sign up and they can also earn up to one Bitcoin when they refer a friend. So, you know, we are really excited to see how the EU embrace the product and it's available already on iOS and Android there. Okay. And do you see a future where Robinhood kind of doubles down its efforts outside of the US and other regions like Asia, Latin America, so on, and the EU, kind of what we just talked about? Yeah, you know, I, I think for us, our focus has been to build a platform that we can use and deploy in, in new markets. I'm going to be honest with you, I, I have my hands full, I think, with the EU for now and the US. <laughs> so we are going to really focus on that. And then when we look at new markets, we'll make an announcement. <laughs> mm -hmm. And just to clarify, when you guys decided to focus on expanding in the EU, was that due to the MICA situation? Or was there other factors at play? It was one of the factors. The fact that there is a large time, the fact that the EU is also, I think, a market that have embraced crypto quite a bit in the past. The fact that the time zone is not so far away from the East Coast in the US. There is plenty of factors that made us choose the EU first. But I will say that having uh, regulatory clarity has been a, a plus for sure. Okay. And kind of just giving a holistic view on this, if you can give an estimate, how much does crypto transactions account for, for overall usage on Robinhood? Uh, that's hard to say. It really depends on the week. For example, last couple of weeks have been, Bitcoin has been increasing in price. And so there was a bit more interest. We announced in November that our volume have increased on crypto, but you know, it will really depend on the months and, and of the year. And that's not something, to be honest, I I look at a lot. If you think about how Robin Crypto started, we actually launched it in February of 2018, which was a deep winter after the summer of 2017 of crypto. And the reason why we still launched it at the time was because we believe crypto will be the, the financial framework of tomorrow. And we really wanted to be building for the long term. At the time, we started to invest. We launched with just Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then we started to add more coins. We started to add transfer and, and withdrawal of crypto. And that's kind of what I like the most about working at Robinhood is we are not really optimizing for one particular month or one particular activity. We are mm -hmm. listening to our customer, engaging with them, understanding what they want. And when there is a new cycle, like currently, people are actually able to see the, the features that they are looking at. As you mentioned, Robinhood launches a lot of initiatives throughout the whole time frame of your crypto career, I guess I could say. How do you quantify that and which ones are the most successful in onboarding people to trading crypto? 
Yeah, I think for us, the education part has been a very successful entry point where either through the learn and earn module that I was explaining earlier, or either through other learn modules that we have on the platform, we've seen people being more comfortable and then starting with a few dollars and then, you know, being more comfortable and trading more actively. But I think also what we've seen with transfer when we launched transfer was that people were using Robinhood as an on-ramp from their fiat to crypto, and then doing whatever they wanted to do in Web3. And so when we look at our analytics, we see a lot of people transferring to their own wallet because they want to self-custody their coin. We see a lot of people engaging with a uh, game on Web3 because you know they are interested in that space. Or obviously, we also saw a lot of usage for NFTs. But I think that was probably like the biggest draw to Robin and making sure that the assets were not exclusively on, on Robinhood, but they could use them for anything that they wanted to do. Okay, on that note, we're going to take a quick break before we get into the rapid fire segment. And we are back. Now it's time for our rapid fire segment where I'll ask Johan a couple questions and hopefully he gives us quick responses. To start, using three words, how would you describe crypto at Robinhood? Simple trustworthy, and cheaper. <laughs> okay. When it comes to expansion of crypto at Robinhood, would you rather take more risks or take less risks? <laughs> uh, in between more, less and more. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. That's a safe answer, but we'll take it. What's one area in crypto that you think more investors should keep an eye on? NFTs. Do you see a future where Robinhood would expand into NFTs? Uh, maybe. It's not a good answer, but maybe it's the best answer I can do. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes or no? Is crypto still in a bear market? Yes. Okay. What is the number one thing holding retail investors back from jumping into crypto? Fees. High fees. Mm. Okay. Well, those are all the questions. I think on that front, I asked you about NFTs and I need to know a little bit more. Is that something that you think can happen in the near future for Robinhood? Um, Are you talking about that? So we already support a lot of NFT features on our self-custody wallet. So if you have NFTs on your wallet, you can see them. Uh, you can interact with dads that have NFTs on the wallet. But I think the overall idea of a token representing something has a lot of value. And I think tokenization is something that you know we are really interested in and we think we can be a pioneer in the space. Doesn't mean that we are necessarily doing anything in the in the actual space, but I think it's something in crypto in general that is kind of the way of making blockchain even more useful than it already is today. And earlier we kind of talked about the situation with tokens and kind of how Robinhood has delisted some due to some regulatory concerns. I wanted to ask you a follow up on that. How do you think regulatory concerns play a role in your position as GM of crypto and how you decide what to do when it comes to adding crypto features, removing them going forward? Look, I think it's not a secret if I tell you that if we could have regulatory clarity in the US, it would be a great thing. For us at Robinhood, some of the things that you know I value a lot is that we have a lot of experience working with, with regulators. There is a part of the business that is regulated with the SEC and with FINRA. And on the crypto side, we're also, we own a bit license. So we are regulated by the New York DFS. We have MTL licenses in, in a lot of states in the US as well. And so... We are very well versed to deal with regulator, but there's a bit of a uncertainty around a lot of crypto features that are preventing us to really embrace them at this point. Do you think the pressure to confine in the U.S., given the current regulatory climate, is too heavy, whether it be for Robinhood or just 
crypto players in general, or do you kind of feel comfortable with where it is right now? No, I, I think it's definitely something that is holding the adoption in the US. I think if we had more clarity and what we can do or what we cannot do, I think that will allow a lot of companies to really embrace cryptocurrencies at this point. And earlier you mentioned that one of the words you would use to describe Robinhood's crypto trading is trustworthy. And I know you used to work in a security crypto focused startup. And I guess on that front, security is the top of mind for some people, and then it's on nobody's mind for others. How do you think security plays a role in Robinhood, and how do you kind of educate people on the importance of that, whether it be just like trading or crypto wallets or whatever it may be, because it's obviously important, but not everyone sees it that way. Yeah, no, I mean, so Robinhood has core values, you know, internally, where anytime we build a product and anytime we think about a new feature, we think about these core values. One of them is safety first, meaning that, you know, we will not do anything if we think that there is a concern on, on security. And for us, that started with custody of assets, of course. You know, every time I read the news from the FTX saga last year to what we recently learned from Binance, I was, to be honest, I was kind of shocked. You know, there's a lot of things that we do at Robinhood that we thought that any cryptocurrency exchange or marketplace in the world would, would do, like not commingling funds outside of operation purposes or, you know, having strong control on who can move funds and having at least multiple people before any kind of transaction can be approved. All these kind of things have been ingrained into our teams and we spend a lot of time reviewing them. We do security audits or finance are audited every quarter as well not just on the you know banking side, but also on the cryptocurrency side. So for us, it's been like something that we think is part of the foundation. If you don't have this foundation, you're not going to be able to get the trust of your customers. And we also are going to lose the trust of customers in the whole cryptocurrency circle. So I think it's really important. And you know we are really investing quite a bit on this. And then to wrap things up, Johan, looking toward 2024, what are the key objectives for Robinhood Crypto? You know, for us, it's going to be to keep lowering the barrier to entry. We still think that crypto presents a very big opportunity for the people who have been historically left behind by the traditional financial system. We think it has the potential to help reduce the wealth gap. So we need to understand how do we get more people into that space. The EU is definitely going to be a big focus. Obviously, since we just launched, we are going to add a lot more features than what is currently available, but we're already very happy with the product and the kind of feature that we offer. But in the US, I think you will still see us pushing more on making the lowest cost trading platform that we are. And we are also going to push more on education as well. All right. To wrap things up, can you leave us with a piece of advice? Just, you know, always doing your due diligence before investing, uh, especially in crypto, and always thinking about when you're placing an order, looking at the quantity, not just at the dollar amount of the order. <laughs> All right. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you again, Joe Hod, for coming on today. Thank you, Jacqueline. Great to see you. <laughs> you too. We'll be back next week with conversations around what's going on in the wild world of Web3 with top players in the crypto ecosystem. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform and subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and stories we talked about can be found in our show notes. And be sure to follow us at Chain underscore Reaction on Twitter. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself, Jacqueline Melanick, and produced by Maggie Stamets, with assistance from Yashad Kulkarni and editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, and Henry Picavet manages TechCrunch audio products. 
Thanks for listening in. See you next time.